Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. With me today is our unpaid intern, trusty try host, Seth Wispelway. Seth, welcome back to the pod. Pleasantly surprised to be here. Pleasantly surprised to myself. I don't know what came of all these things, but I'm horny for hot takes and season finales. We we really wanted to get you a catchphrase, and I, I regret that. That's that's probably my biggest regret of the season. But we'll we'll have time for regrets. Little surprised to be here as well. But if there's one thing we know about this podcast is whether it's a month, two months, seven months, we typically so far have come back. That's right. And... One hot take that got a little ice cold was yours that we would have a full season of episodes inclusive of a nameless wife and I don't remember what all they were but this was this was a robust offering this year it was and you know part part of throwing those out we were very transparent that that was a naked attempt at engagement trying to get new guests on the pod trying to stir up some some conversation in the group may we were we were transparent about that we were we didn't we didn't hide what we were trying to do there and you know just throwing some things out there see what happens and we didn't we did not come close to that prediction but overall you know i think we had 10 this might be our 11th episode this season which i'm i'm gonna say is a unqualified success and it's uh you know if you aim high even if you fall short sometimes you achieve more than you would have expected had you uh not set that ambitious goal so when they aim short you aim high um and speaking of engagement and we'll get into this more later but if that was our goal just keeping the content running keeping interest and staying engaged keeping folks having something to fight for i think we did that really well and we'll see that at the end of the season there was a poll about what to do with the championship game that got at least nine votes so that blew out of the water any of my silly weekly polls which i thought were actually pretty pretty entertaining Yeah, a lot of those hovered around that six to eight mark, and you know we we got all the way up to nine for that. But that that's a big part of the the reason I wanted to come back here and to you know throw out one of my favorite Henry Miller quotes. Um, <laughs> you know, if we are always arriving and departing, it's also true that we are eternally anchored. One's destination is never a place, but rather a new way of looking at things, and. You know, I, I feel like this is season five of the pod. We, you know, are constantly beginning and ending, building ourselves up with all the false hope we can get. And this year just ended in a completely different, unexpected way that it felt necessary to come back, reflect on what happened that I think a lot of us didn't really have the words to even put on a podcast as it was happening in real time. But now, you know, a month removed from it, 
you know, just, just looking back at that collective moment where we were all talking about things. Um, and then, you know, also taking the opportunity to tie up, tie up some of the, the plot lines that we've teased throughout the year on the podcast itself. Um, and one, one that I want to start there is, you know, your journey as our unpaid intern was really, you know, to, to make sure that there were no gaps in your resume as <laughs> you were, you were job searching, didn't, didn't want you to be at a disadvantage in a difficult job market. So, you know, it, it was one of the biggest honors of my life that the dad bod pod could, you know, keep you competitive in this job market. But, you know, can you give all of our loyal listeners an update on, on how that worked out? Sure. Well, I greatly appreciate the offer that was afforded me to do that. It reminds me I need to update my LinkedIn profile. And that Henry Miller quote was beautiful. I'd, I'd love to see that in writing. Uh, May the circle be unbroken year to year. This episode for me is a way to get our hooks in the rest of the league looking to the NFL draft and certainly our own draft, not trying to replace any members, but maybe even add a couple. So we'll do that, I hope, uh, speak a little bit more to that. My journey. So yeah, towards the end of the year and the holidays, I really had to zero in on some big decisions related on whether I was ready, let alone willing to move from Tucson, which would necessitate being geographically far from my kid and got clarity but yeah it required a good bit of turning inwards and my playoff spot was secure and so i uh, entertained some offers from some churches as far away as alaska and all the way to richmond which is closer than alaska to tucson um and through a fortuitous turn of events that started with an inquiry into my availability for pulpit supply um from another UCC pastor, I was put in touch with a Unitarian congregation of retirees, like 99% retirees south of Tucson. It's a beautiful drive. Um, and through our connection of my qualifications, expertise, and where they were at in need of kind of some consulting and transitions work and preaching, um, a contract was pulled together uh, in very short order that gave me something to kind of choose my other options against uh, here in the Tucson area. And I'm really grateful because it bought me both flexibility and stability. And they were offering as much, if not more money than any other offer I'd had uh, from churches and other nonprofits that would have necessitated a move. So I am being paid and I'm recording this podcast on my new laptop I get to keep that they bought um, through the end of June. I think they want me longer. I am obviously not a Unitarian minister, but the parameters and scope of work more have to do with my specialty kind of consulting with congregations um, and that sort of thing and, and helping them build up some scaffolding and infrastructure. And they're, they're lovely people, um, but it's not necessarily exactly what I was looking for, but really what I've needed for those who've been following the journey is some stability. And so I'm going to the gym four days a week now, getting ready for the dad bods combine in August. Um, 
I, yeah, teaching myself keyboard, piano, and obviously getting uh, quality time with my kid. And, and as it happens in the past week, a remote position with my denomination just came open that I think I'm primed for and that I'm going to put in for, which would be a real gift. And blessing. So it's been a bit of a fire hose to the face. Uh, the past month, I started January one. Um, some other things win in my favor with with trying to get out of debt uh, that I had been working on from all the things that happened last year with the robbery and my pipes exploding and everything. So you are listening to me, uh, to all our loyal listeners in a much different place, but I I'd be remiss to say that, like, as ever, the league really helped me kind of get through. Like, it was centering to just pull up the spreadsheet and do simple addition and long division on uh, these totally made-up power rankings in the absence of our former data scientist member and to try to drum up false hope in folks until the bitter end that they still had a chance of making the playoffs and those are the things, I mean, I'd love to still continue, but yeah, the past couple of years, I've really leaned on this for camaraderie and connection. And I, I will, knock on wood, be looking forward to this fall with a bit more like, oh, this is a fun outlet, not like the only thing I'm not paid to do that's a job. <laughs> so that's the short version. Um yeah, grateful and good. And it's, you know, finally felt safe going back to the gym. I go to Orange Theory like four times a week. And like we were talking about before we hit record, it's annoying how like, oh, yeah, once you start working out, like, dang, you feel really good, especially once you break through, like first week, my body just hurts. And then you kind of get the sore week. And then you're like, all right, I'm starting to touch on some breakthroughs and you just have to push through all that lactic acid buildup, I guess. Um, but it's a total high every time and it's a great, great outlet now that I can't uh, look at Fantasy Pros every two minutes. And Orange orange Fitness is, is no joke. I feel like I've seen, um, you know, I've had friends that lead classes there and, you know, post pictures and stuff and i mean what what are you burning like 1600 calories a, a session like it's intense according to my tracker in an hour-long class i'll burn at least 800 um <clears throat> yeah i don't know how they track that or if i need to update my weight but i love it because yeah it's coach the music's pumping your it's basically like a whole body workout core muscles cardio but you're also just competing against yourself. Like you're at your station and just like, oh, can I push like even two tenths of a mile faster this class on my, you know, levels and whatever. And that feels good. And the whole kind of game aspect of it, like, oh, I'm in the orange zone of my heart rate. Yeah. The gamification. Yeah, exactly. But now that I have a Fitbit, it actually, it's legit. I'll like walk my dog afterwards and like, you're still in the fat burn zone. So um, if my knees don't blow out there, I'm definitely feeling my 42 year old knees. I, uh, I'm coming for the combine. I think that would be something to shoot for. It's I've, I've also had a good start to the year when it comes to fitness. So yes, I, I feel like we, we need to make this combine happen. Uh, cause I mean, how many other years are there going to be where both of us are in shape at the same time? Like I would love that. So 
concentrating yeah. all of the powers of the pod to manifest a combine in, in Chattanooga this I think so. this year. And someone shared a tweet or a TikTok or something in the group meet this year that showed that there are other leagues that do this where it's like feats of strength or like agility or just random challenges that determine like draft order and this and that. I guess we don't have that with an auction draft, which I think everyone's pretty sold on now, but it would be fun to put some put some stakes on it as well. Uh, that relate to buy into the league. <laughs> it it has so much potential. Um, you know, we we can have another podcast at at some point, maybe to kick off next season to to talk about all the the opportunities of a combine that 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 would bring. But I we've been talking about it for years. I th- I think this one might be might be the year it happens. I think that's right. I think the synergy is there. Uh, to take this to the next level, the Dad Bod League. Um, well, but yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for sharing the the update about the job. This is, I like. I I feel like we've all been emotionally invested in this journey for you, and getting to hear the the updates on the pod. Yeah. Loved all of your work as our unpaid intern. Thought maybe we'd get Caleb to call in and complain about how the uh, level of analysis had dipped from previous seasons. Never, never got that phone call, but I appreciated all of the, uh, the numbers you crunched. Cause I, I wasn't going to do that for sure. And um, yeah, I, I feel like it's exciting for all of us to, to get to celebrate this moment with you. And um, you know, thanks for, for bringing those contributions of a, of a new job to the series finale of the pod. Oh, I'm super grateful. And if I devote any intern energies to this league next year, I think it'll be to do more like horse whipping behind the scenes to get, you know, every member a guest. I have a question about, you know, I think this was a policy we just created out of thin air that said, Michael Binz's championship from 2021 is revoked if he doesn't appear on the pod. But the catch 22 is, does he listen to the pod? Does he even like check the group me? Right. Um, what constitutes membership? Like in a church, you know, be a member. It's like, okay, you get a vote or maybe you're required to pledge or everything. Are there going to be proposals we need to put before the commissioner to actually concretize some of these things? Because, now that we're here, I don't know that we can actually strip him of his title if the news never reached him in the media ecology of our fantasy football league universe here. Um, but yeah, it for me, for all those who listen to my <clears throat> monologues, uh, you were doing me a service by allowing me to be a guest this often. I mean, I'd love to continue to be co-host. It's crazy to think how much has changed in a year it was a year ago this week that I wish I was exaggerating. I almost died and went into the hospital, which means it's a little over a year since I've had a drink and seven months since I've had a smoke. And, but the one true constant has been the dad bot. So that's why it, I think means a lot uh, to me having that, that ritual. Yeah, you you had a year, and you know to cap it off with a fifth place finish in the dad bods, you got to be you got to be excited about that. 
That's right. That's right. Um, third place in the standings, fifth place in the thing. And I only got there by, I think, beating you finally in the playoffs. But we don't have to revisit that. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to revisit that. But what I do want to revisit is, uh, you know, maybe both of us can share a few of our favorite moments from the pod this year. Um, just looking back at, at some previous episodes. And I can lead us off. I think what I liked most about the pod this year was the introduction of secret words that, <laughs> you know, each episode we would typically have a list of like 10. I think some episodes that even got up to like 15 submitted words in the group me and, you know, trying to find creative ways to introduce that into the conversation. We always have meandering pods, you know, people come for the hyper local fantasy football content, but you know, we'll go into literature, current events, you know, there's no telling where the conversation is going to take us. So that's always been a natural part of the pod, but um, you know, getting these, these words that the, the group wanted to, to hear us say, I felt really added an, an extra level of it, engagement for me on the pod of, you know, exploring creativity and um, trying to make these things appear as natural as possible. So that, that was, that was a fun thing for me this season. I will say that, I mean, some of my favorite bits are all the segments you come up with. I don't know if our loyal listeners know, but all of our deep dives into dad bods, arcana and um, things to just uh, manufacture trash talk about uh, came from you each week. I mean, I may have come up with some this or that idea. I loved the few times we had a guest. The couple that stand out are when Travis came on because it got all philosophical and we had made a big manufacturer to do about Cam Akers. Um, but that got deep revisit with down commissioner memory lane. It was also so random and fun to get a visit thanks to his work schedule from returning league member Eric's neat team and do a man on the street five minute thing that turned into like, again, just a ridiculous five minutes about like the second string tight end from the Denver Broncos. <laughs> league winner, like, Greg Dulcich. There were these surprise moments of camaraderie, even, of, you know, from our many miles away that I think kept us afloat. And, you know, in spite of <clears throat> all the ways we give people uh, shit for engaging or not engaging, the waiver wire, the, the fab usage, all 10 guys were clearly paying attention and playing this year, so... Uh, that gave us enough fodder, even if, you know, they work harder than I do <laughs> and can't, and can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. So many, so many good moments this year. Another few highlights from my side, uh, probably like the 20 minutes we spent with Travis talking about Taylor Swift's new album, yeah. Midnight's, um, real, real highlight of the entire pod, not just this season for me. So hopefully Taylor drops another, another album in the future and we can run that back with Trav again. The burgeoning rivalry between Brian and Matt. I'm, I'm so here for it. I've, I've been trying to 
foster new rivalries in in the league for years and you know this one zero prompting on my part ryan just came out guns blazing and he just came out swinging and then and then he backed it up with the championship and matt right very much in last place so he had the hot takes i hope now i still remember from that very early episode you know he's new we were getting to know him and he's like my nameless wife doesn't understand what the hell this is all about or what we're even doing but maybe now that he's got three hundred dollars to buy a Roomba in his yeah pocket. now that she's got got a Roomba <laughs> and I, I don't know was there some type of Faustian bargain that Brian made to get his championship year one could he could the tables reverse and he's in last place and Matt just begins a dynastic run next year that's that's why we play the game so yeah you know he came out in that draft, uh, kind of pleading ignorance, Matt, I don't think anyone needs to be told, uh, overanalyzes player and their availability or lack thereof to a fault and had all these, uh, statements about not being prepared for the draft and was basically like one in 10 until the last few weeks. So some kind of deal with the devil was made. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, all props. Um, that and Tony Pollard didn't end up even figuring in the championship, which was also a once, hopefully once in a lifetime, uh, prayerfully. Uh, I don't, I won't say controversy, but situation to really try to figure out while also recognizing that real lives in the real world were at stake. Which I think is a good segue to another reason that we wanted to have this season finale recap is this season just ended completely unpredictably. Um, week, week 17, second to last season of the NFL regular season is our fantasy championship. We've got Eric and Brian, Facing off, uh, Monday night game, last game of the week, Bills Bengals, big game in the real world too, and big, yeah, their lineup. I think there was four or five like blue chip players between the two of them to really determine. I think Brian had a pretty big lead going into Monday, but Eric had you know Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, like players have been known to put up major points, so. It, it had all the things, you know, seating. I had it on in the background uh, until the the moment in question that threw everything into question. Yeah, so Brian had, I think, like a 19, 20-point lead going into Monday night. He had Joe Burrow and Steph Diggs um, left to go, so projected for, I think it was like 41 points between the two of them. And then, as you mentioned, Eric had Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Bass uh, projected for 39 points. So, you know, the projection's just about dead even. Brian's got a 20-point lead going in. But we've seen Jamar Chase have 50-point games. We've seen Joe Mixon put up 50 points in a game. And, you know, 20, 20 points isn't isn't crazy to see, like, that deficit disappear. Um, having Burrow as the quarterback makes it a little bit 
more difficult just with the way points are in this league where passing touchdowns get six for the quarterback as well. So, you know, it's, he's really hoping Mixon is the one who's getting those touchdowns and Chase is racking up yards. Um, so yeah, Brian, you know, you feel like, I don't know, maybe two out of three times he's going to hold on and, you know, clinch that victory. But Eric, you know, definitely has that chance and it's, it's fantasy football. We've all experienced that heartbreak. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's six field goals for Tyler Bass and there's no touchdowns in the game and his, his kicker wins the championship for him. So um, you know, the, the regular NFL implications of it were interesting Two high powered teams, you know, a close fantasy finish, a, l- a lot of interest in the game. I actually wasn't watching live at the time either. Um, but first quarter, uh, DeMar Hamlin safety for the bills makes a pretty innocuous tackle, like pretty standard looking play, nothing that would catch your eye, but doesn't get up after the tackle and becomes clear pretty quickly that something more serious is going on. Eventually um, they end up giving him CPR on the field. There's a lot of stuff going around on Twitter about how scary this situation is uh, talking about cardiac arrest and um, you know, sudden death and medical terms that I can't even pronounce um, or understand. Um, but just immediately clear that like, this is not a good situation and a lot of people are, are fearing the worst. So there's, you know, just a whole new gravity to the situation that wasn't there when you come into this game with the expectations of, you know, exciting game, fantasy finish. Um, and then first quarter, you know, just life hits in a way that's completely different than the expectation. Um, that's right. I mean, there's there's been a lot of issues uh, with the NFL over the years. There continue to be, and I think we've talked about them in previous years. You know, I've published stuff about it and have a clear conscience about my own justification for continuing to enjoy all this, but this was like a different level of human gosh, just human connection and awareness. Um, I think probably because of, you know, there's millions upon millions of eyeballs. It's unfolding in real time. It's not like, oh, here's a tragedy and here's the breaking news alert. It's unfolding in real time at the intersection of a lot of cultural uh, headwinds and sports stuff and and human things. And, And I think in a way... This is where maybe there's a little bit of overlap with like kind of issues to the NFL, but also just how we view whatever the sport is or the the popular culture. You know, you could think of music stars or movie stars um, where we derive entertainment. And yes, a lot of those other kind of people are rich and well taken care of and, you know, have a lot of means and privilege as do a lot of NFL players, but also not, you know, uh, related to, you know, a lot of NFL player careers are done after three years. And there's a lot of talk about 
what healthcare has afforded them. Uh, if you don't make it, I don't know what it is, three or four or five years in the years beyond. And I think just uh, from a positive standpoint, I'm not looking for silver linings in this extremely scary situation, but the, the human, <clears throat> um, foregrounding was, I think an important corrective for a lot of what do, does go on. It was encouraging for me to read one thing that pops to mind how I didn't know this, but the Bills Mafia, I, I don't know if it's like, a you know, something that has a dues paying membership, but at large, you know, the Bills Mafia, even if self-described, like apparently every time a player on the opposite team gets hurt playing the Bills, the Bills Mafia puts out a call to like fundraise for whatever that players, you know, most players have a cause dear to their heart or a community. So a lot of people gave to DeMar Hamlin's uh, Pittsburgh uh, thing, helping children. Um, and they certainly put out the call for that. But that was a cool thing to learn. Uh, you know, this stuff behind the scenes that you hear a lot about asshole fans and I certainly have my opinions on which teams have the worst <laughs> fans, but that was a that was a neat thing to learn. I'm I'm kind of externally processing here, but yeah, it threw things in a way. And and honestly, it took me a few days. Like once the severity of it became known, I don't think I even thought. And I think too, you know, the league we all held this tenderly and saw this for the reasons we're talking about. It took me a couple of days to be like, oh, yeah, this has fantasy football implications. And then my first thought was like, holy shit, I I know there's a lot of kind of jerkwads out there who play fantasy football. I was like, I'm glad I don't work for Yahoo Sports right now because I'm sure they're catching all sorts of hell. And it's like, how do you figure this out? And I maybe that's a segue into in our league. We uh, democratically. Um, it turns out had a, uh, show of good sportsmanship to figure it out our way using some suggestions, but I don't remember all the specifics, but that was, I think lovely to see. I was pretty busy, but like kind of tuning in and checking out. And I think I registered what was also the majority vote. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, you know, probably like a two day period where, you know, everybody was still collectively kind of like holding their breath and like just hoping that, you know, this would take a turn in the right direction. And then, you know, that second, third day, you know, got that news that DeMar was awake and alert and had asked the doctors like who won. And they told him like, you, you did, you won, <laughs> you're alive. Um, which was, you know, just like this, outcome that like everybody was hoping for but didn't think that we were we were going to receive and then like you were saying there was like oh shoot there's there's kind of some fantasy football implications here especially you know in our league which is notoriously low stakes we have a moderate buy-in um but right. you know but it is winner gets it all like winner, you know, winner gets all so three hundred dollars is not or two hundred seventy. I guess second place still gets their money back, probably. Uh, I I don't think so. I, I don't, don't even. Know. Know. We this, should clarify this. In yeah. August. Uh, this this is why I pay my dues. So Zach handles all this this admin stuff. Um, 
but yeah, I mean the the big money leagues and like I had followed, you know, some, um, you know, especially in like the best ball community, you know, just like how how are they handling this? And you know, basically, you know, came to the conclusion that you can't play all these games of what ifs or you know, like the, this was a terrible tragedy that happened, but the result was the game stopped and was canceled. And, you know, the results of week 17 were the results and, you know, wherever the games are at, you right. know, that, that was the result of it. So that's, and that's they where they were going to win. Cause they ended up not counting the game period. Right. Because that's, these conversations were happening and I could, I saw the merits of that argument, but then the NFL decided to just void it completely because there was a lot of talk that like, oh, to do that. But then it was like, oh, there's huge real world playoff implications and so on. And so when they voided it, we were left with that choice to then say like, all right, to the points the players put up, especially because they are still playing for playoff seating on the Bills and Bengals, like count, but get added to the other points like not replay the whole roster i think that's where we ended up with the vote right yeah so uh, you know that like i said two three days after the fact you know we start having these conversations in the group me and it was it's mostly precipitated by like eric and brian clearly the two most impacted by this because they were the only ones who were still playing for the pot the championship all of the glory of going down as a, a legend in the dad bod league along with you know dynastic steven who I, <laughs> you tell me he's only won like twice but i'm pretty sure it's like five um <laughs> he's always in the playoffs except for maybe one year yeah so you know eric is kind of like it doesn't sit well with me <laughs> like this is how it goes out like uh you know brian was sitting there with like 50 points eric i think had like 33 I think because Joe um, so, Burrow had thrown one touchdown to, yeah, not, not to chase. So I mean, like honestly, like fifty to thirty is not what you expect the championship number one and number two regular yeah. season champions to put up in a final. Like it, it felt hollow for sure. Um, but you know, there were all these options of like, well, do you do like projected points or like what do you do? And like that, that didn't sit well either. So we had, you know, like Sean was pretty, pretty firmly in the camp of, you know, like week 17 is what happened. You know, this, you have a guy go out there who could be putting up 25 points a game for you. But if he like tweaks his ankle on the first play of the game and gets a zero, you know, like that's, that happens, you know, and as distressing and severe as this was to impact like a full game you know, it's what happened. And like anything else is like, you know, you're just going into different things that could have happened. Um, So like there were some people and like, let the result be the result. Uh, Matt's wife who shall remain nameless until she comes on the pod. Um, (laughs) And even then. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I don't know. We've, we've never had a nameless wife on the pod yet. Um, Matt, sent a quote from her in the, the group me where she said, I'm with Sean Greer. It happened. Championship over. Tough shit. If you make a case otherwise, where does this kind of thinking stop? And there, like there, there was a logic to it. Like I said, I'd seen, you know, all the like real money contests kind of took this approach as well. Um, 
but then Eric, you know, kind of said like, this sucks. I don't, I don't like the way that this ended. You know, what, what are some other options? Uh, I think there was an athletic article that was thrown out there and, you know, just some discussion in the group may of like, which of these, you know, seem to be like reasonable options or like workable options. Zach, to his credit as commissioner, kind of vetted that list and was like, okay, these four or five options are the ones that, that I think are workable. Um, the first one, you know, just leave it as is, is that first options. And, you know, Brian wins, uh, the second option, take those remaining players. So Burrow and Diggs for Brian and mix in chase and bass for Mm. Eric and let their points from week 18 count, um, towards that week 17 score. So, you know, go in with that 50 to 30, but you know, whatever they do in week 18, because they both had reasons to play competitively, you know, probably going to treat that game as they would the week 17 game, you know, just take those points from those players and apply it to the existing week 17 scores. Mm-hmm. Um, complete rematch was a third option on the table, you know, just, you know, week 18, play it out as yeah. new and um, go from there or uh, split the the pot championship by percentage of points in week 17. So, um, you know, whatever that works out to like 60% would have gone to, to Brian 30% would have gone to, to Eric in that situation. And who, who knows how we, we handle the championship. Is it Brian's? Is it 60? I don't know. We, uh, yeah. we we don't have a website yet, so we wouldn't have had to think too hard about that. Um, but Zach kind of picked all of those options and, you know, let let the league vote on it. Like you mentioned previously in the pod, we had nine votes, um, so pretty good participation. Zach was hoping we'd get all 10, but nine was enough to make a decision and ultimately landed on having those remaining Bills and Bengals players take their week 18 scores and apply them to week 17. And this is what I ultimately voted for as well. You know, one, you know, Eric and Brian being the invested players like Eric, you know, wanted, wanted it to end differently than it had. And, you know, I, I totally understood that. And, um, you know, the reason why I was, more okay with just leaving it as is is because like i said brian had that lead projected points were the same you know most likely he would have won anyways and this situation you know i felt was a good compromise of you know they get to play it out but like brian's still probably gonna win because you know like there's just more outcomes where that's that's what happens than not so i i thought this was a workable compromise where like brian isn't disadvantaged necessarily from if they had played that game that monday um and eric still has a chance for you know one of his players to go off and and come back yeah i i could see the merits of all of it and i just ended up yeah airing on the side of that because it's like it's our league our choice and this was the reason I aired is because of its unprecedented uh, nature and it was a way yeah. to kind of 
let everyone also process their own feelings about what had happened in the real world and then say like, all right, if the NFL, I think that was kind of like if the players in the real world have had their voice and made their choice, you know, and the coaches and everything, like just shutting the game down, then, you know, let them play and do this thing. I mean, there's all sorts of what ifs of like, what if this kind of thing happened, which I don't even want to get into right now in the regular season, would we still do it or this and that? But yeah, with the stakes and also just, I think the tight filter on, well, there is one more week. There's still these stakes. We let it ride. And it's just another great opportunity to give props to not only our editor, but commissioner Zach for his steady hand on the rudder. Uh, at a key moment i'm not saying like bonds of fellowship would have been broken over this because i think everyone had in mind the big picture of what's really important but it it played out it played out well and i think everyone would have been happy with you know whatever outcomes not just in terms of who won including brian and eric but uh whatever the vote ended up being so yeah, it raises interesting, important questions, though, going forward, for sure. It'd be interesting to see if fantasy platforms, you know, tweak different rules or this and that going forward about what plays out. I mean, God forbid this kind of thing happens again. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, hopefully, different circumstances, but, you know, is something put in place of, like, if a game gets canceled mid-game, like, this is this is how we handle it, just having some of those contingencies in place, planning for the, the unthinkable, but... Yeah, that's know. for the interns who do get paid by these sites in the NFL to do whatever astrology uh, they do. If Mercury's in retrograde, then that means touchdowns worth seven points i don't know <laughs> yeah those interns get paid at least 15 dollars an hour yeah yeah um i don't think the nfl leaves much to chance i don't think they're reading star signs astrology <laughs> they're they've got all the analytics in the world um, as do the fantasy platforms. A lot of big money there. Big money. Um, yeah, well, I hope, too, it was it was a bonding and binding thing. I'd love to see us grow back up to 12, have, like, kind of 6-6 six and six in the playoffs and the, the runner-up, a lot more outcomes and more trash-talking. Um let me plug in my computer a sec. Um, we don't have to conjecture about who might join or come back. Uh, but I'd love to see it. I think we got a good thing going. Um, what else is on our docket? Um, so I, I don't know if we actually talked about what happened in the championship but week 18 they played it out brian did hold on to the victory gravy seal takes home that was a highlight of the year it was (laughs) an incredible storytelling um takes home the uh the championship 
DeMar had, I think it was like eight and a half million dollars that people donated towards his um, toy drive, doing well, expected to make a full recovery, even in the past few days, talking about, you know, people saying like he might be able to play in the NFL again, um, which 24 year old kid who was living his dream before this horrific moment, um, you know, just hoping what whatever path he wants to take in life is available to him. And, um, you know, exciting to hear that coming back to the NFL is something that like might be on the table for him. Um, Cause that everything was in, in doubt in those moments on the field. So that was great to see. Yeah, go ahead. No, it just, it, it was great to see. And, um, you know, wanted to take, take this moment and, you know, a month after the fact, come back and, and fully reflect on, just a, a wild end to the season. Um, well then. Wild end. I saw, I don't know if he was speaking out of term, but it was pretty significant that the medical director of the NFL Players Association, the NFLPA, so like the union, said on some podcast, like in the past day or so, that he thinks it's definite that Hamlin's playing again, no doubt in his mind. So that's pretty wild. Um. Oh, I know what we could talk about the Super Bowl because hopefully this is going up live. Uh, I think right as we we're pulling up the recording, I saw the headline from ESPN that uh, Patrick Mahomes did indeed win MVP this year. Oh, congrats, Patty! Yeah, congrats, Trav. I think that's probably well earned given like what we know he did, not just as doing in the playoffs right now on essentially like one leg, um, but with less tools. Like, I mean, you think about the most valuable player to a team, I think that really tracks, not just because they, you know, made the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Like he's he's a wonder kind. It's it's something else. Um Yeah, loses Tyree Kill, gets Juju Smith Schuster and MVS, yeah. trade for Kadarius Tony through the years, Sky Moore, rookie that kind of underperformed, but Yeah, you think he caught like eight balls all year. Yeah. Just, just creates a synergy with the team. That's yeah. so much better than any individual part of his receiving court. I mean, Travis Kelsey was still sure. Travis Kelsey, Different but running back every game. Um, I mean, and even through the playoffs now, like at least, and I don't know who's healed. I haven't kept up, but like they were down to like their six string, receivers and he was like throwing to his punter by the end of that game against the Bengals. <laughs> like there was nobody left. Um it's wild. So I, I put out the poll of who do you want to win? And I think we got seven votes and it was like overwhelmingly like six of those were in the league want the Chiefs to win. Go Chiefs. And one one just wants, yeah, I'm one of them. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, we're we're NFC East fans of different teams. It's pretty much in our blood to hate the Eagles. Uh, and then one person just wants a good game, which is usually me every year. And oftentimes the Super Bowl is not a good game. I think because of the hoopla and like the halftime show is like 45 minutes and they've been <laughs> off for two weeks and, you know, teams tend to play conservatively. But, and maybe I'm a fool, I'm anticipating an entertaining game this year. I hope so. Like Andy Reid's going to run some trick plays. The Eagles are dominant. Like 
And to exciting quarterbacks, exciting offenses, like are we going to get a legitimately – and maybe my memory is short, but have we really seen a Super Bowl where it's like 38-35, you know? I mean, all right, so when Brady came back against the Falcons, but that game is different because that was a tale of two halves. It was like 28-3, to and then it was like 31-28. to You know, it was like two teams yeah. played two different games, and that was wild to watch. Are we gonna, but so what I'm saying is like, are we going to see four quarters of good football back and forth? I hope so. Like, yeah, there's been all this heavy stuff, but it's been good and humanist. And like, I feel like players have been centered and lifted up. I, what do you think? So we want the Chiefs to win. Who do you, I guess what I'm asking, who do you, who do you think is going to win? Um, and I ask this as someone who hasn't kept up with the injury reports or the odds makers or anything. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I'm also rooting for the Chiefs. Secondarily, just rooting for a game that will titillate the senses. <laughs> I, I do think the Chiefs. I would put them as as a slight favorite, just because, you know, I I think Pat Mahomes is always going to make you keep up with him. And he's been um, there. He's been yeah, there. He, he's been there multiple times now. Um, the Eagles really did not have a challenging path to the playoffs whatsoever. Um, that's right. They're, the NFC Championship game, like the 49ers didn't have a quarterback who could throw a pass for the last three quarters. Um, that was like the worst game of football I've watched all season. Yeah, um, that was where that, yeah, they just, they, they ran out like a division three, like backup there at the end. Who didn't have a UCL. He's having Tommy John surgery. Like he, he could not throw for the yeah. last three quarters of the game. Um, I mean, the Chiefs had some uh, generous refing involved in theirs. I don't know if you've seen any of the deep state theories about the officiating in that game. Ooh, I haven't. And I, I'm already forgetting what went down. I know – well, I know the Bengals' first touchdown could have been challenged and pulled back because of that crazy catch by, I think, T. Higgins – that set up like a Joe Mixon touchdown, their first touchdown I know could have been challenged. I don't know what the chiefs, but then again, I was pulling for the chiefs. So I probably like was fine with whatever the yeah, gl- glossed over it a little bit. They, yeah, they, they got some beneficial stuff at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, like that, that game wasn't that exciting either. So just hoping that the super bowl is more interesting than both of the championship games. Yeah, it's high profile, so the the bar is also high. Um, it's too bad Trav isn't here. He could probably tell us when Rihanna's long-awaited next album's coming out, but I'm sure it'll be an interesting halftime show. Uh, it's a big deal to people, I'm told. <laughs> so um, I, I worked the Super Bowl because um, my marketing agency did – a report on the advertisers and how they supported their ad buys with digital marketing. So I worked the Super Bowl for six years. So it was like watching the game, but like also working during it as well. And last year was the first year. And on, you know, like I said, six or seven years where I didn't work the Super Bowl, but at halftime is when we found out that our offer on the house in Colorado got accepted. So missed, missed the entire halftime show because was getting the news from our realtor and celebrating. Um, 
So was last year when they did all those weird box cars of all the different rappers, I think I think so. Like I said, I missed it, um, oh, but um, I think last year was all the rappers. Like, because um, it, it was in L.A., right? Yeah, so it was like yeah. Snoop and Dr. Dre and Eminem. Eminem. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a hot mess by the end. But um, I, I only heard about it. Um, had my own little halftime festivities to to keep me occupied but is there any best ball or prop bets going on i mean here's where i wish our league kind of like just set up its own like throw five dollars in ten dollars in it's okay if we don't it's just fun to have something a little extra true for though in years past we've done like a five or ten dollar buy-in for march madness um though like a lot of guys in the league i'm always a sucker for uva and like live and die based on that um yeah i think i don't know about anyone else i've never paid attention really to the nfl draft like i learn who the hot rookies are in august partly because i don't pay attention to college football i take a pretty big darkness retreat from all these things as soon as the nfl goes on and partly because i miss this stuff but i don't know i hope we can keep chatting about it all i think it's going to be a um pretty lively off season um can you answer one question for me about darkness retreats because it sounds like you do them as well i heard the interview with aaron Rodgers talking about his upcoming one why are there two slots for food and which which did you use both or did you only use one um just really right. curious like why there's multiple slots all right, so you've caught me. I've never used or heard that term before today. And so all I meant is that I delete the football apps off my phone <laughs> and go. Oh, so it's like a metaphorical dark. so darkness retreat. Now that I understand, it seems like this came from Aaron Rodgers, the future New York Jet. Um, I'm not sure I want to know because... Two slots for food is about the last thing I would have guessed. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, Y'all caught me with the secret word flow. <laughs> <laughs> Almost made it all season. Almost all season with seamless integration. And, uh, and then mean, we revealed the secret words today. So we're just I letting some total quack and bush right there. <laughs> um, but yeah apparently it's going to be like three or four days complete darkness but he said there's just two slots where they'll you know like open them up and slide your food into you throughout the day and you know you get food but other than that you're just totally immersed in darkness so you can i wonder how prisoners and i in solitary feel about his conscientious choice to do that because he could commit a felony and like have the state pay for that like he doesn't need to do this. <laughs> special thing like that's funny is this also like what is it sensory deprivation tanks like yeah yeah kind of thing and you just float and he's just doing sensory deprivation tank but without water yeah and apparently it's a very you know mind cleansing experience um and he's he's gonna go do that and then he's gonna come back and hopefully have the clarity to decide does he want to retire? Does he want to stay with the Packers? Does he want to go to the Jets? Um, so we're 
kind of just waiting for Aaron to go through his darkness retreat and let us know what he's going to do. Is he going to let us know after the three or four days? Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be immediately, but you know, presumably he wants to make a decision pretty quickly after that. Funny, do you have? Is there a toilet in there? Like, I hope so. Do you get to choose the menu? You're just like grasping all, in all the dark. Questions. <laughs> grasping in the dark. But I believe it's wild. it's just gruel for three meals a day. You just get a nice plate of gruel. That's wild. And He's... then you come out rapturously enlightened. <laughs> I I'm fascinated. I mean, I could use a mind body soul cleanse, but I just go to therapy. Uh, I've always been intrigued by the sensory deprivation tanks. But I don't know. I I if I'm inclined towards that kind of self care, I'll pay for like a massage or something. Um, and like this guy could afford like an all day one. That's funny. I feel like if I was like a team's medical director, you'd be like checking like, did your muscles atrophy while you were just in darkness? Yeah, because they do. I feel like this was a joke in some movie because to me it sounds like time deprivation. There was a time deprivation experiment, like where you just like lose track of like, is it day? Is it night? You know, like, yeah. what is anything? Does it matter? Um, wow. That's fascinating. So there's yeah. that. I there's mean, there. hopefully he'll, he'll come out and let us know about his retirement. He'll probably have some other enlightening things to tell us maybe write a dissertation on feminism the body and the machine that's right have another weird tattoo i don't Crypt think crypto investing advice i do think tom brady is officially retired i don't think aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers wants another title he's a weird dude but um i think like tom like you know the fact that he only has one is a thing and he, he's taken all these things personally like the drafting of jordan love and whatever else is going on the packers thing like i don't know it, he's gonna have his joe montana years his tom brady years maybe um zeke elliott may not be a cowboy anymore i think the giants are gonna stick with their core and try to find some wide receivers you gonna Derek give Hawk danny dimes 37 million I heard that's the the going rate for Danny Dimes. That's wild. I don't know. I I'm like I was so pleasantly surprised this year that I couldn't be upset by what happened in the Eagles game because it was just like, wow, didn't expect that. Danny Dimes is not the answer, but I don't know if you play good team ball. It wasn't like Eli Manning was God's gift to athletic prowess and uh those were some magical runs. So yeah, I could say a lot about the Giants. I, I don't know. I'll be rooting for him. He's not my favorite, maybe because he just looks like he got always got he just looks like he got caught shoplifting all the <laughs> time. Um and he's like, What? It's a good look. Derek Carr to the Saints, maybe I heard. Um Yeah, God. the Cowboys Cowboys big move so far. Fired Kellen. As offensive coordinator, and we'll have McCarthy Collin plays next year, so we'll see how that goes. But we a lot of holes to fill in the draft. Yeah, there are. 
Yeah, I don't know what's going to shake out next year. I think there would be some big player moves. I, it would be fun if the Giants got DeAndre Hopkins. I could see him going to the Patriots. I could see the Patriots figuring out something new at quarterback. Um, Derek Carr? Yeah, there you go. Derek Carr to Nuck. Aaron Rodgers? Would he, was, how do you think his personality would fit with Belichick? That's a good question. I was just wondering because, you know, this can be a useful tool sometimes, I think. Uh, it has been for me at points, but you're never supposed to, like, conjecture at what someone else's Enneagram number is. But I Which was just I always need Sean to come on and explain this to me because um, people tell me a nine. So my my understanding of the Enneagram, it's just a scale of hotness from one to 10. Is that, <laughs> is that accurate? More or less. Um, I think <laughs> I don't know it well enough and you're not even supposed to do it, but to like guess at what Aaron Rodgers is. It's a four. Might... It's a four, right? Four is like the, uh, like the, the artists, the artists are special. They think they're really special. They go on darkness retreats. Yeah. Like Ayahuasca. No, no one understands me, Yeah, but I really want to be seen. I could see that. I, I don't know enough about the one, but for some reason that pops out. Yeah. Four makes sense though. I don't know enough about the five either. I'm a three, I believe, on the Enneagram. I don't think he's I think that. Caleb was a five. So yeah. in my mind, fives are just the ultimate human beings. That's great. Everybody should be a five. There you go. I uh trying to think, like I wonder if any coach or team has ever kind of run like these kinds of personality tests to be like, like strengths finder. Like we're going to find out who works well together. If that even tracks in an NFL locker room, if anyone would do it, it'd probably be Pete Carroll. He's like, Pete Carroll seems like the ultimate vibes guy to me. (laughs) Just lived in Southern California for so long. He's like 75, but he looks like he's 50. Yeah, it's wild. He's like the oldest coach. Is Andy Reid going to retire whether he wins or not? Oh, how? How? I I feel like you got Pat Mahomes. Now you coach another five years at least. I know, yeah. I know it's a high-stress job and all that, but he he's also one of the coaches. I know this is happening more and more, and it was a lot of fun to see, but like he has fun with the game. Granted, he has like a player like Pat Mahomes to have fun, but like seeing Brian Dable and these others, like everyone going for it on fourth down and just doing a little oopsie doopsie. I really, bu- I'm really bummed. I've never watched a pro bowl in my life. I'm really bummed. I missed the flag football game. I wonder if you can stream that anywhere because I was like, that looked like just to see these like primo athletes. Did you see it? I didn't, but it, it was like three flag football games, right? They completely overhauled the pro bowl this this year i did see really? some of the games that they were playing the day before so they were doing like dodgeball and skills competitions and stuff like oh, that man. but oh, i didn't i only saw one highlight of trayvon diggs cowboys pro bowl cornerback intercepting his brother and running it back for a touchdown yeah, so that's funny. 
So wait, they did best out of three between the NFC and AFC. Yeah, I think so. And uh, like, I I think there were like different players involved in. I'm not sure exactly, but that's. I always saw the one ending. It was like 38 to 35 NFC. Flag football would be fun for the combine. We could just do that. I don't know where. Yeah, I mean that that's how it should end for sure. So that would that would that would be fun to like put some wagers on or some stakes. Speaking of, we probably should have thought of this before recording but it's like should we give out any year-end awards to our league like superlatives like a high school yearbook if you're good enough to do that (laughs) i i say go for it i have been classically trained in the art of improv i took one class about (laughs) six years ago so i could yes and for sure along those (laughs) lines uh do you want to close out one line you know just want to reiterate if i'm andy reed prime Mahomes Mahomes in his prime like that is not the time to go retire on a farm in Kansas City and read Wendell Berry all day like you you got to run it back for a couple years until he at least starts showing some signs of not being superhuman and hitting a decline but I mean like the Chiefs could go to the Super Bowl for the next three years like yeah exactly you really just – he's got the playbook. I mean, like, what prep do you need? Um, you've got Travis Kelsey. Man, yeah, don't don't mess a good thing up. I mean, who would you even get to replace him? Who's he got on the sideline, Spagnolo? Yeah, I mean, and if the job is stressful, like, delegate more. You got Pat Mahomes out there, like, you're – you're the head coach. You, yeah, you go can, to Orange Theory. You can know. relax a little bit. Yeah, hit up Orange Theory in the morning. This has been like a long extended ad for Orange Theory, but yeah. I'm, I'm okay with Chiefs. it. And the Chiefs. We're the like, Chiefs. All, I like, you know, something I have noticed, granted, like everyone has their team. I actually don't know if ever, does everyone in the league have a favorite team? What's Michael Benz's favorite team? Um... Or who does Eric Kelly root for? Are are any of them Commanders fans? Uh, Steven is. Michael Michael grew up in Richmond. He might be a Commanders fan. All right, you're a Commanders fan, Michael. Come on the pod and yeah, tell tell us. Tell, tell us differently. We could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Eric might be a Commanders fan too, and just. That's just the, the the bucket we're gonna put everybody in. <laughs> yeah. What I was gonna say is though, regionally it makes sense. I feel like by osmosis. I mean, I've I've always been an NFC guy. There were years where I loved the 49ers. I mean, Giants my whole life. But Travis, who I think just came to like the Chiefs because a friend. I don't even remember what the story was. Has I feel like sort of by osmosis, we've all become Chiefs fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> As like a second or third favorite team or something, um, like and, and two, it's like whenever the Chiefs are playing, the group me kind of lights up, and um, we we all know more than we would. <laughs> so, uh, some sort of a bargain's been made there. I don't even know how that happened. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite league memories, and this was off pod, but I think it was, I think we went to your house and yeah. watched a Chiefs game on Sunday or Monday night. 
It was a big game. It was a big game. I forget who they were playing, but Travis brought like all this extra Chiefs apparel, and we were all just you know totally, totally dressed up in in Chiefs gear. So if I had to trace it back to one singular moment in time, that's the one that I would pinpoint. He had so much Chiefs gear too. Like I don't even remember what the players were. The jersey. I have pictures of that night. Uh, I can put in the group me that I think have. There were at least six of us there, I think. That's the kind of it, thing I miss. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. That's really funny. Well. Any any superlatives that you can come up with off, off the League Awards? Um, yeah, but they're going to be kind of like silly off the top of my head. I would say like the best commissioner was Zach. Um, I'd Agreed. say the best new guy was Brian. Yeah, he gets the the Kudzu Award for invasive <laughs> species that just completely took right. over. Yeah, he's also the only new guy. Um, the Eric, yeah, I guess Eric is new but old. So yeah, however the you. Need- the neatest team was Eric's. The um, blink and you'll miss him member was Michael. Um, the worst draft preparation was Matt. I mean, none of these are a surprise to any loyal listeners. Um, the best of frenemies were you and me. Best podcast podcast host was Jamie. Best try host was Seth. <laughs> um, Best unpaid intern, Seth. Yeah, you got like three uh, awards in a row. You're killing it. Ballsiest Green Bay fan was Sean. And there was some competition there. Is it Sean or Matt? It's Sean. He went on live TV in the midst of the mafia and was just like jumping in front of the NBC cameras with the saying, I've been to an NFL game in the opponent's stadium before, only one NFL game. And I think I've said this on a pod long ago, and I still remember like, you know, I'm a grown man, six foot two. And I'm like using the bathroom at halftime. The Giants were playing the commanders in Washington and I was like, I'm about to get like punched in the back of the head just for peeing here. And I was just wearing like a blue shirt and a hat and the stuff people were saying. So I'm like, I'll give Ballsy a Scream Bay fan uh, to Sean. That might have covered everybody. Oh, um, did, did you give Steven anything? No, and I missed Travis too. Uh, shucks. Um, Steven gets the most steady award. <laughs> um, and Travis gets most philosophical. I found this picture. It's Steven, Travis, Sean, me, you, Matt, and Drew. We had seven packed into that old tiny TV room I had. That's funny. Man, fun times. 
drop drop it in the group me. I like it when we drop things in there and then don't explain them. And then two days later when the pod hits, people are like, oh, that's why this picture was posted. <laughs> we are all Chiefs fans. Yeah, it's a fun, fun study in media ecology when we're... <laughs> We're looking at this snake eating its own tail. That's funny. Um, well, on that note, the snake eating its, the Uroboros. Um, always, always comes back to that. That was like a was that a, that that was a season one theme. That that goes back a ways. I uh, I am grateful for this time together, brother James. Um, you, if we're near close, I, I have some clothes. I was inspired by your quote earlier to look up some lines of verse uh, that could close this out. Always one of my, my favorite things when you bring lines of verse. Um, Moby Dick was a good man. One of my, my favorite pod episodes of all time. So, <laughs> and I think a, a very fitting conclusion to season five um so before you end us with that just want to say thanks for uh coming on the pod today and reflecting on one of the craziest seasons of fantasy football we've had thanks for being a trusted co-host this year and the best unpaid intern we've had in in show history and yeah looking forward to a, a combine in chattanooga or Charlottesville. That's right. And season six. More good things in wait. store. I can't wait. We're gonna drum up people. We're gonna we're gonna get some good stuff going in August. A lot of fodder, a lot of league proposals. Um, want a lot of buy-in. A lot of buy-in. Maybe bump back up to twelve members. Who knows? Enthusiastic buy-in. Um I think it could be fun. You know, it, in a lot of ways it really helps to have the draft like whatever we've been doing it like within a week of the season starting Mm -hmm. um but it could also be fun to like do two weeks before and then have a lot of action um gives us more i mean you could start trading you could start i don't know we might have to bump up the fab but we'll see all right well apropos of you mentioning saint wendell barry and I am a big fan of his and what time it is right now. I happen to randomly turn to a poem of his called Awake at Night. And I'm sure he's talking about something else, but I want our loyal listeners to hear this as a blessing for the end of the season as we all wind down towards our NFL darkness retreats. Awake at Night by Wendell Berry. Late in the night I pay the unrest I owe to the life that has never lived and cannot live now. What the world could be is my good dream and my agony when, dreaming it, I lie awake and turn and look into the dark. I think of a luxury in the sturdiness and grace of necessary things, not in frivolity that would heal the earth and heal men. But the end too is part of the pattern, the last labor of the heart, to learn to lie still, 
one with the earth again, and let the world go. So, men, may you be healed. May fantasy football be a balm. And where was it? It may not be a necessary thing, but I think we've proven this is also not frivolity. Thus ends the reading from your league chaplain. <laughs> Incredible. For Seth Whispleway, for editor Zach Robbins, I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. And until season six, you can go following well. <laughs>